Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Score Podcast, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew Templeton. How are we? I'm not bad, man. A bit sore, but I'm all good. How are you? Uh, still trying to recover from Zante, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also joined by Tony Welsh. Tony, how are we? Ah, uh, good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, uh, as I said, mate. Still trying to recover from Zante. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wild week, but I'm very glad to be back in Scotland. Back into it. So, definitely, mate. Aye, so, we've got a lot to get into, so we'll just dive right into it. And we'll start off talking about the Celtic Hearts game from the weekend. So, Tony, I'll start with you. Celtic beat Hearts 3-1 at Parkhead. What did you make of the performance from Celtic? Uh, well, from what I saw, I thought they played all right. Um, and to be honest, I never saw them scoring three goals. But you'll take it, especially starting big battle up front. Good way to make your Celtic mark two goals. Well, I have to say, mate, it was two own goals. Bio never scored, it was two own goals. Oh, come on, who are you, Craig Levine? <laughs> <laughs> right, so, Matt, let's decide this. Did Bio score two goals or was it two own goals? I would say that. I think it was two own goals, right? But there wouldn't have been goals if Bio wasn't there to put the pressure on. So, all credit needs to go to him. I think it was two on goals. Yeah, it was two on goals, oh, but as we said, credit sure. to Bayo, because he actually did have a good game. He did have a good game. Look, I think a lot of people have written him off as well pretty early without really seeing him play, but, you know, he's involved in two goals anyway, if that's what you want to call it. So, yeah. yeah. See what you said much. there, Tony. How a lot of Celtic fans have wrote him off already. I think that's because obviously Griffiths is back in the fold, and they obviously have Edwards. So they're probably thinking Bayo is going to be third choice striker. But I think he's really trying to put up a fight to make sure he's not. Well, that's true, mate. But even last season, before Bayo had even kicked a ball, a lot of Celtic fans can seem to I don't know, just turn their nose up about it as if oh he wasn't good enough from where we got him from. I think to be honest, a lot is just so kind of. A repeat of Amido Baldi. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> oh, I remember him, Amido Baldi. How that much did you sign him for again, man? It was like 1.8 million, aye. Aye, I know he'd done well. I know he was like, known for being really good in the air, which kind of saw a bit of in the Hearts game, which we've missed up for, for a long time. I don't, I don't even remember this story, right? See, when, obviously when Amido Baldi was in terrible form, right, and Lennon kept getting asked about him, so what's up with him, what's up with him, then... Lennon would always respond by saying, oh, he's a work in progress, work in progress. So that's him basically saying, aye, shit. <laughs> uh, I suppose that you can't really, can't really work it in any other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. So uh, obviously, Matt, uh, we'll talk about hearts right here just now. That's 10 league games without a win. Not good reading whatsoever. And uh, yet another terrible display against Celtic. I know, it's never been absolutely awful for a long, long time now, like you said, the 10 league games for a win, and um, that's just really, I've been saying that for ages, and that's, that's relegation um, type form. And they showed a wee bit of something at Parkhead, I mean, obviously, they've done well to win the penalty and get a goal at Parkhead, um, but overall, they're pretty poor. The only good thing I would say is that left-back that's coming through just now, um, I think his name's Aaron Hickey, Hick- 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 I. Um, he's really been really good for them, so it's a kind of positive they can take. Um, but things need to, honestly, Scott, things need to change drastically at parts. Because um, I don't see them getting rid of Levine, um, so something needs to change. I don't know if it's the players, his tactics, but it's clearly not working. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It, it, as you said, something drastically needs to change at Hearts. And I don't see it changing, because Anne Budge came out last week and she's backing Levine all the way. So it looks like Craig Levine will be at Tencastle for a very long time. Yeah, no, I agree, and 
then the question is, what do you do? if you're not going to replace the manager, what do you do? Do you replace the players, which we know Hearts generally do have a big turnover, and they've bought um, good players, you'd think, like Nate Smith and Walker and that. Uh, Connor Washington was like a good player from before he came to Hearts, but it's just not working. I don't know if you need to go back to the drawing board, just go back to basics and then take it from there. And see, it doesn't help the fact that Hearts football, the football they play is utter dross. It's horrible to watch. It really is. Levine is so backwards and he's just so out of touch with football. He is generally a dinosaur of the game. I know we spoke about dinosaurs uh, in the game a lot, but he's de- the definition of one. He is, and he just, his tactic is just like, I think we touched on it last week, just pump the ball forward and Halkett, who at Livingston could run with the ball, drive into midfield and then play it to the forwards or to the wing or whatever. Um, but no, this time Craig Levine just got them pumping it up forward with no tactics whatsoever, just completely missing out of the midfield, which is um, easy for the defenders of the opposition team to deal with. It's just, it's just, it's just easy to def- uh, defend against, and it's just not good tactics if you want to win football games. And Tony, how easy did Hearts make it for Celtic? Because it looked like it was a comfortable performance from start to finish. Uh, aye, they did. Um, Hearts are. As you said, Scott, they're absolutely dialed in it and just their way of football right now is they are just setting up to get beat, so I'll take it. I'm not complaining too much. And obviously, Tony signed Fraser Foster. Um, how do you think Aye. he performed uh, against Hearts? Obviously, didn't have a lot to do, but he looked fairly competent any time something was thrown at him. Even though he got himself booted with a, a very odd challenge outside the box, uh, that was a, a real bizarre one. Matt and I both said in the podcast last season that Celtic should have went for him last season um, because it made perfect sense because I was thinking, right, why have they got Scott Bain in goals? Like, Scott Bain's a solid number two at best. He should not be Celtic number one. But credit where it's due with, with Neil Lennon. He sees that Bain's not number one and he's went out and brought in a proven good goalkeeper like Fraser Foster. Aye. Um, uh, to be honest, it just kind of came out of nowhere as well. Like, we know Foster's not really been getting a game at Southampton, but I honestly never saw him coming back. There was no rumours or really anything of it. It just kind of happened. But I'm not going to complain because, as I said, he's a really good goalkeeper and it's just good to have somebody like that back at Celtic. What did you make of the, the, the some Celtic fans saying they would rather Arthur Boric come back instead of Fraser Foster? Just idiots, to be honest. It's... It's more a nostalgic thing with Boric. I mean, everybody loves Boric, but the guy's clearly past it, and the fact that he's pushing 40 right now, I think, just kind of speaks levels. Yeah, and also, these Celtic fans are seeming to forget, towards the end of Boric's Celtic career, he was making howler after howler. I have to agree, mate. Yeah, he was. Boric, when we first signed him, I think it was his first two seasons, was unstoppable, and then, I, as you said, towards the end of his career, he clearly lost it. Wasn't he as good as he was? And... Apparently, I think it was to do it too fond of the bevy, to be honest. Yeah, you can tell because he was really putting on the pounds. And then, obviously, I, I think he went back to Poland for a bit. And then he went down south. And to credit the history, he'd done well at Bournemouth. But that was only for, like, a couple of seasons. That was it. I think uh, he went to Fiorentina, I think it was, as well, he was it. Yeah. But either way, I, I loved Arthur Boric at Celtic when he first came. And I still do have a lot of respect for him. But nah, his time is well and truly gone. Yeah, been there, done that. 
Um, so, exactly, man. And obviously, uh, Matt, just going back to Hearts, Christoph Berra, he has been terrible for months and months. How is this guy still getting a game? I know he's a skipper, right? But come on, is what like is Levine like blind or something? Like Christoph Berra has been making howler after howler. He just his legs have gone, in my opinion. Like, do you agree? No, I agree. I think Berra um, on his day is a really good player, but he's not been on his day, like I said, for months and months now. But I think it's due to the fact that Hearts have certainly maybe the back of not got much options. I mean, Suter's out injured, and they just brought Halkett in. So, um, and Berra, like, it, didn't seem to, it seems to, to me they don't have much options in the back, so that's why they're forced to play him. But if um, Berra, if they had their full, like, squad, I would pick Berra on the bench and play Halkett. So they're two good young players, and um, that'll push Berra to maybe get back to his best form. Yeah, I, I think he's got one more year left in his contract. Sorry, we, sorry, we had a wee problem right there, so we did. But yes, uh, continue there, Matt. We're talking about Christoph Berra there. Yeah, so I was just saying, even if um, you can't do it in the in the pitch, uh, it's good to be in the bench. You're still going to be de- good around the, the dressing room on training, etc. Give the young boys um, Halkett and Suter a, a full season to develop their relationship. Uh, like you said, if Berra goes at the end of the season, he might end up retiring and then become a coach at heart, so he can still get his beloved hearts in, that, in some capacity. Uh, but yeah, I definitely wouldn't be starting uh, with Suter and Halkett fit. And Tony, you had a wee point about Christoph Berra there before we had a wee issue there? I was just saying, uh, it was just to back up what you were saying about Berra, I, I do agree, I think his legs have gone and I think last season John Sutter kind of built him at a jail a lot of times with his pace and kind of just younger mentality. I do think he covered for him a bit too much, especially in the Scottish Cup final was aye, a big howler for Christoph Berra. Yeah. yeah, 100% mate. So is there anything else? Oh, before we do, I just want to give uh, a wee mention to Ayer, who I thought had a really good game against Hearts. He looked very comfortable. He was creating a lot, and he just looked like an absolute unit at the back, and Hearts could not get past him whatsoever. And he done a good yeah. job at right back, to be fair. Yeah, it was surprising. Game. It was surprising. Yeah, like, he's, we know he's a pacey centre-back, right? But I didn't think he'd be a good right-back. I didn't know he'd have the, the crossing technique or whatever. Um, he was absolutely brilliant at right-back. And I don't know if that's going to be, if he's going to be playing there for the rest of the season or if it was just a one-game thing. But he looked very, very comfortable there. Mm-hmm. So, no, I agree, mate. Like, I, he's just, when you look at Ayer, he's just no built to be a right-back. But when you see how he plays, you're like, Jesus, this guy can really play. Like He's so good with the ball at his feet for a, such a big guy. Yes, I think it was the other week. I can't remember who it was against, but um, no, I think it was against Motherwell. Basically, he um, got the goal back straight away, and he made a run through the middle, which was really good. So maybe that's what's caused him to get the nod at right back. But um, yeah, he was absolutely unplayable. I know earlier on in his career he was a midfielder. Uh, I think just when Celtic had first signed him when he was still a really young guy. Um, uh, I think it was actually Ronnie Dyler no sorry that's a lie it was Kilmarnock when he went on loan to Kilmarnock yeah. uh, whoever was in charge then I'm sure started playing him centre back and I think that's kind of been his kind of main position ever since but he's some player you know he can't take that away from the guy yeah no he's, he's, he's brilliant he's definitely one of the, the best players in Scotland and I think he could be the next next transfer down south don't say that, Matt. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, mate, Edward's still on the, the radar for some certain clubs abroad. Uh, and Tony, do you think you'll be able to keep Edward for the rest of the window? I think we'll be able to keep him this season, mate. But if he has a good season, he'll probably go next 
uh, in the next transfer window next summer but I would rather him have a good season and put us in the kind of finals and <laughs> like, like going for the league again and have a bad season and we keep him Mm. And uh, obviously, Tony signed a new right back today. I think yeah, I don't know how to pronounce. It. I think it's Bayer. I think it is. That's how you pronounce I, it. I couldn't help you. Aye, I, I think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> so, uh, what's your thoughts uh, on it? Um, you signed him from Stoke. Stoke, yes, on is loan. on loan. So, obviously, don't know a great deal about him. Um, neither do we, to be honest, but. He done a press conference today, obviously, and he said that he's not the most talented player, but he works hard. That doesn't exactly not fulfil bad. you with confidence, does it? it? Not necessarily, no, but at the same time, he can't be much worse than what Lustig was at the end, so we'll see how he goes. It's good to, to be honest, just have another right-back as somebody there that's, even if it's a backup, just to know you've got somebody that can still play there. Mm-hmm. Other than El Hamid or Ayer, Ayer's too important to play it right back. No, I think I would rather Ayer at centre half. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously tomorrow, he's are playing AIK. He's are two 0 up as it is. Think he's will get the job done and make Europa League group stages. I think we'll make it hard for ourselves, but I think we'll get the job done. Matt, do you think Celtic will get the job done and uh, make the Europa League group stages? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think they've um, put themselves in a good position from the first leg. I just need to see it out tomorrow. Um, I do think. I do think. Yeah, I think they'll get through. So, boys, let's preview the big one this weekend: the old fun derby, Rangers Celtic Ibrox. So, who do we start with, Tony? It's a tight one. So it's massive. Um, both uh, teams have nine points on the board in good form are looking good so Tori how do you see it going? Oh well I do agree Scott I think it's going to be a very tough game I think it will be a very close game um, you know I'm never going to say Rangers are going to win it I'm never going to go in saying that so I'd either go 2-1 Celtic or 2 each 2 each other off Matt now, obviously, it's massive. We'll come into a wee bit uh, more of the in-depth analysis in a minute, but how do you see it going, big man? I think um, I think Rangers will be in the front foot. Um, I think it'll be an entertaining game. Like, say, like Tony said, I think there will be goals in it. But I think with the whole advantage and the way Rangers have started the season, which is pretty good, I think Rangers will sneak out 2-1. What key individual battles... Will we, will we be seen in this game, Matt? Where is this game going to be won and lost? What battles are you looking forward to seeing? I think the, it's got to be in the midfield, I think. And if, if you look at most old firms, if whoever, which uh, team, Rangers Celtic, whichever team it is, win the midfield battle, they're usually going to win the game. So I think that's the key win. I think Davis and Brown could be an interesting encounter. Arfield Brown? Um, Arfield Brown, or even Jack Brown. Uh, it all depends who Gerard puts on him. I think whoever's on Aribo as well because Aribo we know likes to go forward and whoever whatever Celtic players got him um, they they have a big big job in their hands so whoever gets the better of those individual battles in midfield I think we're going to to have them the win the game I genuinely think Aribo's going to cause Celtic a lot of problems this Sunday Tony I really do because he looks like he's going to be a real player for us and even like I was speaking to a St Mirren fan in Sunday. And he was saying to me, see that boy Aribo you've got, he's going to go into big things. Like, he's got so much content striving forward with the ball and he will be a real problem for you, I think. Yeah, I think he's going to be a big 
Sunday will tell me. We'll soon see. <laughs> I've not saw an awful lot of him, so I can't honestly comment. But I'll take your word upon it. He obviously does seem like he's a good player. Uh, for us, I think Ryan Christie's going to be our kind of main man. He's going to be causing a lot of problems for yourselves in midfield. I think he'll score, actually. I think he'll score Sunday. Where do you think is a weak link in the Celtic team? Where do you think Rangers are really trying, like, take, take what uh, uh, position will, uh, will Rangers really try and take advantage of, Tony, do you think, of, uh, of the Celtic uh, team? <sighs> Where's the weakness, do you think? I, th- I think it really depends on what team Lennon puts out. Um, I, I think he's going to start Scott Brown 100%, so at the moment, the only... The, our main weak link I can see right now is Scott Brown and it's only due to his lack of pace really now I would say um, it, sorry what were you going to say? Uh, no, I was just going to say and see that like, as you were saying Brown his lack of pace our midfield uh-huh. has got lots of pace we go, we play with a very quick tempo as well and I think that Scott Brown will really struggle to keep up with that and I know, like the last old firm game, it was it didn't mean anything. But Scott Brown was horrendous. He was all over the place, right? And even even the last two games at Ibrox, he's looked out his comfort zone, and I think he will, as you say, Tony. I think he'll really struggle this Sunday to keep up with the tempo and the pace. And also, as well, see this midfield that doesn't fear Scott Brown. Previous Rangers midfields did, and Scott Brown ran rough shot, but. See the fact that we've got players like Scott Arfield that stand up to Brown and won't shy out a 50-50 off him. He doesn't like that because he's not the alpha male anymore and that gets to him. Possibly, mate. We'll soon see. Like, I still think Scott Brown's got a bit like... He does bring a good bit to the Celtic team and maybe similar to what we were talking about Berra earlier. He's the type of player you want in the dressing room and... Or, sorry, just in general type of guy you'd want in the dressing room. He can help the young players, but... He's one of these players that you know when he's going to turn up and when he's not from the minute the ball's kicked. So hopefully Sunday he does turn up. I hope to God he does, but we'll soon see. So Tony, give me a Celtic team. Uh, well, Foster's going to be in goals. Uh, El Hamed's back, so he'll be at right back. Ayer and probably it'll be Simunovic, I reckon. Ayer, Simunovic, centre-half. Did you not play uh, Julian? I don't know. It's not a case of what I want. It's, I think, what Lennon will go with. I think he'll start Simunovic. Um, I think Ball and Goli will start left-back, which I suppose you will probably be looking forward to that. And oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, uh, I think... He's not going to start Morgan, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see him. <laughs> yeah, I was texting Joe earlier on today and he was like, mate, I'm just praying to God that Lennon does not start Lewis Morgan. <laughs> I hope to God he does, not I think it will be Mikey Johnson will start on the left. He'll play Johnson. Uh, we'll have Christie in, uh, in the number 10 role, Forrest in the right, uh, McGregor and Brown in behind. Um, in the middle and Eduardo start up top Matt what would be your Rangers team for this Sunday uh, my, my personal Rangers team would be uh, McGregor uh, and goals Tav Golds and Cartage I'd put Flanagan at left back now that might be a bit harsh in big Barisic after a good display against St Aaron, but I just think an old firm game uh, Flanagan is the better defender for me so we need that bit of more solidarity at the back and 
these type of games. Yeah, I'd go with in midfield, I'd go with Jack, Aribo and Davis. Mm-hmm. And in the front three, I would have Morelis, uh, Arfield out left and Ojo out right. And you said that you start Morelis up top? Uh, yes, I would. I know he's not um, scored a note from yet, but um, one day he'll break that, I think. I think he could well this season. Um, started off the season well and he caused Celtic a lot of problems. Even if he doesn't score himself, he could still set up a goal. So I'd go with Big Alfie. Right, I'll tell you my Rangers team. In goals, Al McGregor. Right back, James Tavernier. Two centre-halves, Katic, Goldson. Left back, listen to this one, Andy Halliday. I wouldn't surprise oh, me if he started, to be honest. Mate, see when Andy Halliday, uh, Tony, see when Andy Halliday played against you in uh, the 29th where he beat his 1-0, he was outstanding, mate. He was superb. Oh, is that to the game where it was that tackle? He was talking about the that tackle. Was, was it that game? It was, it was that game, I think. It was that, aye, it was that game. It was that one. I can't remember. I'm not, I'm not too sure. But he, oh, regardless, like nonetheless, he was superb that day. Like, he was outstanding. He stunned all of us. But how many? Has he been drossing, but Scott? No, I don't, honestly, don't get me wrong. I absolutely agree. He's been in a, he's been pouring a lot, uh, in a lot of firms. But see, like recently, since Steve Gerrard's came in, he's improved Andy Halliday. He's given his confidence back, and in all firm day, Andy Halliday will give it his all. And I just feel like at left back, he can do a capable job. So I'm making the bold call, saying I'll start Andy Halliday at left back. Then the midfield three for me would be Ryan Jack. Aribo, Stephen Davis. Then outright, I would have Scotty Arfield. Up top, Jermaine Defoe. And out left, Jordan Jones. See, that's an interesting one because Arfield usually plays out in the left if he's on the wing. Um, that's an interesting team you got there, but Defoe did play well in the, the last old firm of the week, not Meg, for, for Arfield to go in. So, I wouldn't be surprised with that, but I think. I think it goes Halliday. to that team. Uh, no, big, big funny Alves at left back. <laughs> <laughs> Halliday. Halliday. Funny Alves. Matt, come on. <laughs> would you say... Uh, uh, I agree, Matt. Would you say, Tony? Um, Matt, you have to agree. Halliday starting at left back would be dangerous. He, mate, he's done it before and he's done a solid job. He can do, as I said, he can do a uh, capable job there. So I'm saying... I, oh, don't get me wrong, if Langan starts left back, I'm fine with that. But for me, I would go Halliday. Me personally, so I would start flying again in Thursday. I was I would start flying again Thursday. Then I would obviously go for Halliday in Sunday. See, I don't know. Like Halliday has been absolutely brilliant um, last season, and he was very good in uh, a couple of firms last season. But I don't know. I'd rather have a, someone who's a bit more solid, a bit more who I've got a bit more confidence in at defending because Halliday can be a bit dodgy at times. Um, so yeah, I'd rather go with Big Flynn Alves. But James Forrest would drop him ragged if he starts left back. I have he a might. feeling he might go Barisic, by the way. It wouldn't surprise he me. He might. I think it will be Barisic. Really, I think it really depends who plays Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And So, it will be a very interesting game this Sunday. I can't wait for it. And Tony, regardless of the result, if even if Rangers win... You're going to come on the podcast and be professional and give give us a, your professional opinion and analysis. Like always, Scott. Love it, mate, <laughs> love it. So is there anything always. else you want to add before we uh, send you off? <laughs> well, hopefully next week 
next week. It's you in the bad mood in the podcast and no me. Uh, <laughs> we'll soon see. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, mate. So, Tony, thanks for coming on and we'll speak to you soon, bud. Not a problem, mate. Thanks for having us. No problem, bud. Right. Speak to you soon, bye bye. So Matt, let's move on. We'll talk about Rangers. Uh, Rangers beat St Mirren one 0 at the weekend. There, um, it was quite a frustrating performance, uh, from Rangers at times. Um, what did you make of it? But the thing is, though, Rangers got over the line with an absolute world of a free kick from Barisic. But what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those games. Like we didn't, we made a lot of chances. It wasn't one of those games where we had no chances and St Mirren played well. Just we had chances like. Defoe in the first half and Arfield, uh, the keeper made a good save and but we, uh, Ryan Jack had a wee shot here and there but um, just they were just weren't going in and it's like oh it's a good one of those days drop away points like we did last season but no upsteps big Barisic big BB with an absolute pinpoint free kick and hopefully that kickstarts his Rangers career because like we've all said there is a player in there just need to show it and hopefully that's him showing it now And but yeah overall game KJ game Chances not taking them, but like we said, go over the line. Yeah, and obviously first half, it was very frustrating yeah. for us because we were effectively trying to pass the ball into the net and we were just like screaming at the TV saying, just shoot, shoot, stop trying to pass the ball into the net. I know, I know, like, I, I think it's just like trying to make the perfect goal, isn't it? Yep. Um, sometimes against teams like St Mirren, you're not going to get the perfect goal because they're just going to sit back and um, it's hard to play through them. So sometimes just a we bottle over the top and you're in the final flood. It's a wee bit of creativity or take a pot shot, you never know. Um, but what's frustrating but Yeah, exactly. Like, see when they're playing with 10 men behind the ball, yeah. trying to walk the ball into the net is not going to work. It's not, it's really not. And I think credit has to go to Jim Goodman as well because he sets up his team well. He, As a player, he was a very uh, defensive-minded player and he would get in the challenge and that. And that's the way his teams are playing, um, getting set up behind the ball and making it frustrating for the opposition. And that's how they're going to they're gonna win points against the bigger teams and that's how they're going to survive this season. So credit credit to them. Um, but for Ryan, just point a few, it is annoying to play against. But like Gerard said many times, we need to get used to playing teams like this because every most of the teams we're going to play against are going to play like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and St Mirren set up to frustrate us. They were playing for the point. And, of course, they have to play like that. And we, we need to find a way to adapt to their uh, playing style and try and counter it. And as we said, like we couldn't do it in open play, but it just took from a moment of magic from Barisic to get us over the line and get the three points. But obviously, I just want to touch on the start of the game. Jermaine Defoe, he should have he should have scored that. I was stunned when he missed that. When Scotty Arfield played that ball right through to him, I was like, right, here we go, 1-0. When he missed, I was like, you can put, put any sorts of money on him putting that away. And I was stunned that he missed it. I know, 9 out of 10 times he's going to score that. He just, I don't know if he just kind of... I don't know what happened. This is the sun got in his eyes or whatever happened. Um, what I think he should have done is he should have took a touch, opened up the goal and put it across the keeper. Um, instead of trying to go first time, it wasn't that far away, to be honest, but you'd pick your mortgage before we'd score that. Um, and he had a, maybe had a chance in the second half as well where he was he shot and just went past the post. So it wasn't Defoe's day, but um, he worked hard as the team. So if he... Not going to score you. He's always going to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I thought he overall he had a good game. He was working hard. He was getting in the right positions, but he just didn't have that cutting edge to really get that final, get that goal, sorry. Yeah, and so, sometimes, like we, we say, even the best, it happens to the best. So you just need to dust yourself down and move on. Because um, before we know, he's going to score a bag full of goals this season. 
Um, and he didn't get it against St Mirren, but he'll, he'll, he won't bother about that. He'll, he'll, he'll be back fine. Yeah, definitely, mate. And the penalty incident, right? What did you think? Do you think it was obviously Halatis between Halanda and Abuka? Do you think it was a penalty for me? I don't think it was whatsoever. It was a Boca that was holding Halanda down, and it was a, free, a clear free free kick to Rangers. Yeah, I mean, when I watched it live on first few, I thought, "Oh God, that's a penalty." So, to me, it looked like Halanda brought him down. But when you look at the replays, um, especially from behind the two players, uh, it was quite clear that um, there's some inner player brought down Halanda. Um, so the ref made the right decision. First, I thought, "Oh God, it's a penalty," but now the ref did make um, the right decision. And obviously towards the end, St Mirren, they could have nicked a point. Aboka, yet again, had a great chance and he fluffed it. Yeah, I mean, he just, I don't know if he just panicked or whatever. Um, but it was just a real, but a really, really simple catch in the end from McGregor. But he thought, oh God, gonna, it's going to be one of those games. It's going to get equaliser right at the end there. Um, but no, it was an absolutely fluffed shot. Um, that was McGregor saving it. End of the game, panic over. But could have easily been, if, that was a, if he was a bit... Of a better player could have easily been in the back of the net. So we need, we need, we need to be careful of that going forward. Yeah, definitely, mate. And obviously, we need to touch on this. Um, Rangers were given a half were given a punishment by UEFA due to satirian singing. I think it, it took place in the St Joseph game, and three thousand uh, the UEFA ordered that three thousand Rangers fans will not be allowed to attend the the game against Legia Warsaw. Um, quite disappointing, isn't it? I know, and obviously the news came out today that Rangers are not going to accept tickets for the next away game, whatever that's going to be, um, hopefully in the group stages, but it's just stupid. These sections of fans are just ruining it for everyone else, and I've been seeing on Twitter and Facebook and that, and like, oh, they can't tell me what to sing, I'm going to sing it anyway, and just like, get through a thick skull, that's going to harm the club, no matter what you think, if it's not here in it, or whatever. You need to stop it because UEFA have the rules and they're going to punish the club. And it's just these idiots are just—they really do annoy me. And obviously, you've seen the news today that Rangers will be getting a second punishment from UEFA, and Rangers obviously have not asked for any away tickets for our next European away game, which is an obviously another disappointing thing. Yeah, yeah, I just said there it is disappointing like that. Uh, hopefully, that away game isn't the group stages so we can get it out of the way quickly and move on from this no I think it yeah. is going to be in the group stages mate because in the statement no I'm saying hopefully it is because I mean hopefully we qualify so it is in the group stages oh yeah sorry yeah yeah, yeah 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 sorry I'm like, I misheard you there yeah so it is uh, it's a shame because what if our next away game is against Manchester United or something like that in Europa League right that is going to be that will be a sore one that will be a real disappointing away day for the Rangers fans to miss out on just because of a few um Dafties to, to to put it bluntly. Yeah, it's just like I said, it's it's the minority uh, ruining it for the majority. Um, and what annoys me as well, just like I, like I touched on previously, just these people on Twitter and Facebook or just still refuse and say I'll still sing your songs anyway. And it's just it's like banging your head. What what you mean to do? I don't know the clubs, uh, the club in UEFA or the club. Maybe even like the club speak to the fans on like a. I don't know, some sort of meeting or something, just lay it out on the table and get this stuff dealt with. And I, I feel like some of the Rangers fans are saying, oh, Rangers should fight this, blah, blah, blah. Right, it's UEFA's no. rules. <laughs> we, if we want to play in uh, in Europe, we need to follow UEFA's rules, simple as, no ifs, no buts about it. Exactly. I think some of these fans think we're, we're bigger than UEFA. Oh, we're Rangers. We're the most successful team in the football world. Yes, of course we are, but it doesn't mean we're 
we're bigger than like the governing bodies, you know. Mm-hmm. So we we can't we can't act like that. We need to just like get over it and move on. Just sing Mosterian songs. It's really that simple. And it's a shame because after the Lucia game last week, Gerard came out and he was saying that he, he wants Ibrox rocking. We really need the fans more than ever to get us over the line. And the fact that three thousand. Like innocent Rangers fans who have done nothing wrong will be missing out in the game just just because of a few idiots, which is really disappointing. I think it's the BF one, uh, sections closed off and CD seven and CD six are closed off for tomorrow night. I know what you in CD CD four, yeah they can't close my bit off because that's the hospitality bit. So right. yeah, I've got a hospitality guy right in front of me, so they literally cannot close it off. Because see, when the ban was announced, I was panicking. I was thinking, oh my god, am I going to miss out and go to this game because I have a few idiots? But obviously, I'm okay. Um, but yeah, I, no, regardless, though, so, even though three thousand fans are missing out, I still think Ibrox will be rocking, and I think we will have enough to get over the line against Leeds Warsaw. And obviously, it's disappointing that three thousand fans are missing out, but there's still going to be plenty of other uh, Rangers fans there to get the team over the line. Yeah, definitely, and hopefully those friends they'll behave in an orderly fashion, hopefully, and get the players over the line. And I think, well, in in Poland, it wasn't the greatest performance from what I've heard, um, but when you win the game outright, which I think we'll do. Get through to group stages and hopefully put this nonsense behind us. Um, see, obviously the game last week in Stoja Warsaw, um, I know a lot of people had a lot of issues with Rangers TV and there was no sound and it kept cutting out and that, which was very frustrating. Um, but overall, uh, from what I've seen in the game, we, we actually played quite solid. Um, we're knocking the ball around really well. Um, we defended well too. Um, and Lidia are a good side. They were diving a lot though. They were kicking us off the park. I'm surprised they didn't get a red card. They they had a, a game plan in a sense to really wind up Morelos. Morelos got booked, no surprise there. But he didn't really rise to all of it. It was just a, a daft wee challenge towards the end um, from Alfredo. But we overall, we looked compact. And I think 0-0 was a decent result away from home. It would have been nice to have got the goal. But we didn't concede. And it set us up nicely going into this game against Legitimate. But the main thing is we cannot concede early. Because if we concede early, and that can that will be a very worrying thing. And that could put a, a real spanner in the works, I think. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're saying it's a decent result. I, I'm not too sure. I think we really need to get a goal over there. Because it's an, an iffy an situation we're in. Because any score draw, it could be 10-10. And then, like, it'll go through. We need you win this game outright which I think we will do but it would need to have that wee goal cushion from Poland um, so if they, like you said, if they score early we need to get two goals which will be difficult to do um, I think they'll be coming out the traps uh, tomorrow night uh, right right from the start they're going to come out right from the traps try and get that early goal and I think we just we just need to be very wary of their counter attacking threat that's what we need to be wary of and we can't get caught out because this is massive for us. We want to make the Europa League group stage yet again. Because I think it'll look pretty bad if Celtic make uh, Europa League and we don't. Because we're set, we're at that that bar now. Like last season, it was a bonus. This season, it's I think it's mandatory now that we make the Europa League. Definitely, especially now since we've got a better squad than last year. So there's absolutely no excuses. Um, we've played pretty much the same kind of calibre teams um, coming through uh, this year as we did last year. So absolutely no excuses. Uh, if, we, if we don't get through. Exactly. Um, so I think we will, um, but hopefully if we get a few goals and make it a bit easier for ourselves. 
Yeah, definitely, Matt. So, to obviously, big one tomorrow. Give me your prediction. Uh, I reckon, I think, in 2-1 Rangers. 2-1 Rangers? I am going to yeah. say, let me bold, I'm going to say 2-0 Rangers. Even better. I'm going to say 2-0 Rangers. I think Alfredo will get a double. I think, uh, yeah, I can see that. I think Alfredo will get a double, yeah. Yeah. And obviously before we get Josh on for the Aberdeen segment, we have not had a chance to speak about this. Andy King, <laughs> new signing. Yeah, that was a strange one. Thanks, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I, I think that's a decent signing, to be fair. It is. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, at first I was a bit confused, like another midfielder, we don't don't need him. That's what I said. Uh, but, but looking at him, I mean, he's a Premier League winner, of course, with Leicester a few seasons ago. He's got tons of experience and when fit, he could be a good player. I mean, he's got like, what, 50 caps for Wales who aren't half bad. So, yeah, it could be a decent signing. I don't expect him to be playing every game, but it might be good to have him addressing them playing games here and there in the Cups or get to smaller teams for whatever. But, yeah, I mean... Hello, so can't really complain. Yeah, absolutely, mate. So we'll get Josh on just now. Hold on. So we've got Josh Fidio back in the podcast. Josh, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks very much, mate. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So, Josh, we've got a lot to get into with regards to Aberdeen. It's not been a good uh, week or so for the Dons. Um, let's talk about the European game last week. Lost 2-0 to Rikia at Pataudry. Overall, 4-0 in aggregate. What's your thoughts? Obviously, out of Europe, it doesn't get any better. You play Kamarok in the league, draw 0 0, and Kamarok have been really poor so far. And that's a game that I think going into Aberdeen fans should be expecting to, to win, considering how good your record is at Rugby Park as well. And you just draw 0 0. Uh, no, no, we drew 0 0 at Rugby Park at the weekend there. Yeah. No, like you were saying, they're, they're bottom of the table, I think. Yep. Uh, so we should be taking points from there, especially after last season. I think we won twice there. Yeah, your record there is phenomenal. I think you've uh, won like one, twenty-two games there or something like that in the past was... two or three years. Sorry, what was that mean? I think your record there at uh, Rugby Park is something like you've won 22, 23 games in the past two or three years. There's an unbelievable yeah. record you have at Rugby Park. Uh, no, 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 you're right. Um, we should be picking up at least the three points from there. But like I was saying before, our European hangover is not quite kicked in, I feel, with the team. Um, there's a few other places with the team, obviously with Scott McKenna's transfer request, that's where it stems from. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I think we should be picking the points up at Kilmarnock. Obviously, they're bottom of the table, I believe. Yep. So, and obviously, with them not having the greatest starts against Hughes and going further on to, into the season, but um, no, I mean, it looks like a pretty lifeless game from us. Um, what we lack is creativity in the middle of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, I think obviously we have up front, we have Cosgrove who can score the goals. We have the wingers, John Gallagher, Ryan Hedges, but um, I'll come on to them in a minute. But we lack that player that kind of, just before the striker, how we're able to link up the play before the goals, you know? Yep. So um, that's something that we really lack. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like I've said that for Royal as well. Like Aberdeen really do kind of lack that final quality in the final third. And obviously they have Sam Cosgrove who can get the goals, but he needs to get service as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like ever since that uh, that first leg game against uh, Rikia, is it that's how you say it, Rikia? Uh, I, I think so anyway. Yeah, yeah, whatever <laughs> it is, yeah. Like ever since that defeat where Stray Logan got that red card it's been a downward spiral ever since then and considering how well Aberdeen started the season with, with that unbelievable game against Hearts at Pataudry with that terrific comeback it's uh, like it's just it's night and day compared to where Aberdeen were uh, on the first uh, league game of the season Aye uh, No it's, like the first game of the season was great how um, it was an end to end game. Obviously, Hearts played really well, and obviously, Aberdeen were able to come out on top, you know. But um, ever since the game after that, I think it was the game against Ricky away. I think obviously, obviously they won 2 0. And ever since then, obviously, they had the whole problem with Scott McKenna and whether he was going to go or not. So um, that's kind of like brought his way into the team. But, um, yeah, I think that's kind of disrupts their way of play. And obviously, like I was saying before, with how we react, we kind of lack that um, passing edge we have at the attacking midfield. Yep. And I think that's kind of what's got into our team a little bit. So Yeah, and yeah, see, because you just... On you go. No, and obviously, from the game at Rugby Park, Scott McKenna's injured. Yeah, that's what oh, I was literally just about to bring up. You can see because he's unhappy as it is right now, Josh, at Aberdeen. See the fact he's injured now as well. That's just going to make things even ten times worse. So he'll be even more miserable. The fact that he wants out of Aberdeen pronto, he doesn't want to be there anymore. And the fact he's injured, he'll just be like, oh, like he, that's him. Like his chances of leaving this window are pretty much scuppered now if he's going to have a long term injury. Uh, do you know what's the effects of the injury? Do you know? I think he's got a hamstring tear. A hamstring tear. I don't know how long he'll be out for, but from what I hear from the website, etc., maybe a few weeks or so. I know that the. Hold on, I'll just get it up. Um, he'll be a doubt for the Ross County game at Petardry next week. Um. But any further than that, I'm not too sure. And, you know, the way we've started this season hasn't been great. Obviously, the win against Hearts was phenomenal, but ever since then, we haven't been able to pick it up from there. And obviously, we've got tricky components like Ross County, St. Johnston, who are all doing fairly well, Livy, then Hearts in the League Cup. So we kind of need two areas to cover. We Mm -hmm. need defend, we need a centre-back, and we need a playmaker you know yeah. and 
Yeah, yeah I, I, I honestly don't know how this can go. It can go either way, to be honest with you. Yeah, and there's a lot of backlash on social media from Aberdeen fans right now, uh, obviously against Derek McInnes. This has been an ongoing thing for a while now, yeah, but no, no. It, it seems like Aberdeen fans are at breaking point with McInnes because they feel like they just want something fresh at Aberdeen right now. It's the same old, same old. They feel like McInnes has hit a glass ceiling at Aberdeen. And the Aberdeen fans are, <clears throat> that's what they're saying, and the, 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 this is the general consensus from the fans and social media that they think, uh, as I said, that Aberdeen, he's like McInnes is at a glass ceiling and has took Aberdeen as far as he can. Do you think he has? Well, see, see when he first came in to succeed as uh, Craig Brown, um, he obviously, I mean, he exceeded my expectations. I didn't know much about. Derek McInnes at first. Obviously, I knew he played for Rangers, etc., and how he played for Morton. But um, when he came in as a manager, he was not too bad. And obviously, after that League uh, Cup win, um, League Cup trophy we got in 2014, well, 2013, actually. But, um, I think it's 2014. That, uh, it was 2014, yeah. 2013-14 uh, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You thought things would kind of kick on from there, that it would bring a livelihood to the club but ever since then I mean obviously the trophy wise we haven't got anywhere since you know obviously we've come second in the league a few well pretty much every season up until the last season just there but nothing clear cut you know mm-hmm. but like I say I mean it's I don't think, a bit of negativity to be honest with you and to be honest with you I'm more than happy to give another manager a go because I think Derek McInnes has done all the best he can with the club. Obviously, like I said before, with the League Cup uh, trophy we got in 2013-14 season was great. It's the first trophy we got in probably like 15 years. I, I think it was longer than that. I, mean, I think it was 20 plus years. 20 plus years. So it was, that was your first trophy in 20 plus years, yeah. Uh, I think we long, I think we won the League Cup in nineteen ninety five. Actually, Oof, that's a long, long time. Aye, so ever since then, it's been the demand for trophies has been quite big. So, you know, like I think um, we need to shift our changes about. You know, and I think Derek McInnes has done all they can to shift their changes elsewhere. You know, mm-hmm. Maybe, I, here's a question for you. Yeah. Um, if Denver can go right, is any is another manager going going to do it any better? I mean, you're not going to win the league. You're getting to finals and that. I don't see a manager doing it. Any better than McInnes? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I've said it for a long, long time. Right, I, I can I can totally understand why. Uh, some Aberdeen fans, and including Josh, would want something fresh, something new. But as Matt said, can another manager do any better? And as I've said many times. Like, be careful what you wish for, because I still think, yeah, obviously McInnes has flaws as a manager, but overall, uh, he, uh, overall in the piece, he's done a great job at Aberdeen, and it, there's no reason to get rid of him right now. Yes, his football can be a bit frustrating at times, but the only way I think there should be change at Aberdeen is if Aberdeen do not make the top six. If Aberdeen don't make the top six this season, then there needs to be a, a change immediately, but... If if he gets top six and Aberdeen are still going in a steady direction, uh, there's no reason for Aberdeen to get rid of McInnes because that's what I'm thinking. No, no, no. Who are they realistically going to bring in who will do a better job? Well, 
Well, like, to be honest, no, I, I get both your points, obviously, because, like, obviously that's consensus of, like, who we, who we could bring in next season, who could be someone who could take us above Darren McInnes' spot. But um, I thought Michael O'Neill could possibly, like, fill that spot. Um, that's the manager I've just thought of the top of my head. I know he manages Northern Ireland, but I thought he would kind of um, I see. I, I, I respond to both those uh, managers that you, that you said there. Michael O'Neill was a good shout, uh, Josh, but I don't think he'll touch it. To be honest, I think he's he'll be either wanting a job like probably down south, like a team in the championship or something like that. Because I think he is a, he is a good manager, and I think he is good enough to get a job in the championship down south. I firmly believe that, and I don't think he'll want to go to Aberdeen. To be honest, but yeah, as you said, like as I said, there is a good manager and it is a decent shout. It is a good shout, but I don't think he would want to go to Aberdeen. But obviously, uh, Matt just brought up gone Strachan. Strachan came out and said that he's done with football management. He just wants to be like a director or, or a, like he's got yeah. a job at Dundee as a technical director. Like gone Strachan for me would be a decent shout as Aberdeen manager, but he said he's done with football management. Uh, that's, that's fair enough then. I mean, it is getting pretty old now, so um, maybe we get younger, tra- younger managers a chance, which is fair enough. Yeah, and see when you just think, who is who is out there? Uh, see, um, JJ, I remember he said to well, me, you want Gary Gary Rowett, Gary Rowett, I think that's his name, Gary, Gary Rowett. Yeah. yeah, he said he would want him. Would he take it? Possibly, because I think he's maybe. looking for a job. Um, but it's for me. I it is. I think McInnes is still. The right guy for the time right, being, then. yeah, and obviously we all know he's bulletproof, Josh. Considering the fact he knocked the Rangers job back uh, a couple of years ago, and he's got a great uh, relationship with Stuart Mill, so I don't think Stuart Mill want to jeopardise that unless something drastic happens uh, at Aberdeen this season. Uh, well, obviously Stuart Mill's and kind of Derek McInnes have a good relationship. Obviously, they propose a new stadium together, and um, but. <sighs> I just I want change, you know. It just seems to be the same thing we're getting constantly, constantly. We start the season okay, but um, nothing's able to cement since then, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, and obviously, as I said before in the match preview there against Kilmarnock, we've got players out injured. Um, we don't know our best formation, etc. We don't know where the team's going. It's going all over the place. And we've not got easy fixtures coming up against Ross County, St Johnston, Hearts and League Cup. Yeah. I mean, it can go either way, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just a, just a, a wee uh, thing on Kilmarnock here, because obviously we've spent a bit of time talking about Aberdeen. Um, Kilmarnock, Matt, uh, overall a very solid performance. I, I think Andrea Alessio will be over the moon with that, pointing against Aberdeen, because obviously... Come out, don't have a great record against Aberdeen, so I think you'll be happy with with that point. Yeah, definitely. I think during the game, Kamarnock looked like the team who who looked like they were more likely to go into win it. Um, they created more chances, I felt, and um, they might be disappointed not to come away with the win. Um, but like you say, they've got a terrible record against Aberdeen, and the will be glad that um he managed to get a point. And I think Kamarnock are starting to get used, slowly used to the way he wants to play. And I think slowly that the results will improve. It's a good start against Aberdeen. Um, so yeah, I think he'll be happy with that. And like I said, hopefully he can and the team can build on this. Yeah, like obviously 
It's embarrassing. No, no, sorry, but no, it's embarrassing to think that Kilmarnock's only points this season that are against us. Yeah, lost every other game. That's know? true. Yeah, that's that's true. That's a fair point, Josh. Yeah, like I, what I was just about to say. I was just about Alessio. I still don't think he's the right man. I just don't. Um, I think yeah, yeah, that was a solid performance from Kilmarnock, but I think that was purely down to how poor Aberdeen were. Yeah, I mean we we lack organization. You know, like I was saying before, we lack that playmaking position in the middle of the park. But like like you were saying before about Kilmarnock, I mean, good on Alessio for getting his first points of the season, you know. And as far as he goes as a manager, I still think he can do it. He just needs to be given the time, you know. That's a fair point, that's a fair point, but just for me, like, I could be wrong, but from the signs from, from what I've seen so far of him at Kilmarnock, uh, they don't look good. And, uh, and and obviously I keep harping back to... Yeah, I keep harping back to that uh, Europa League game where they went out to that Welsh team. Like That's just... Prob- Honestly, for me, I think that was worse than progress. I generally do. I think that was worse than Rangers going out to progress. Like, that was just... Like, cause, I mean, there's arguments for both. Yeah, but... Pretty bad. But that one was just... Pff, they're not, wow. They're not part-time, though, are they? Pro- uh, no, progress. I don't think progress are part-time. Yeah, progress are part time. Are they? Are, are, are yeah. they? Are you sure? Yeah, I don't think I don't think Luxembourg have any full time teams. But yeah. obviously they're both as bad as each other. But I think that one, especially for me, was just the way Kilmarnock lost that game was wow. Well, it was really pathetic. But it, from the signs from what I've seen so far, they just don't look all that like promising. To be fair, and I know when they appointed Alessio, I was thinking right. He's Conti's right hand man for a number of years. This could be it's a bold appointment. It could be good. It can either go tits up or it, or it could be spectacular. By but by the way things are going right now, I think it will be tits up. I know it's still early days, but it's just I'm not excited by it whatsoever. And I think it could be gone sooner than sooner than we know it. To be fair, uh, that, no, that's fair enough, mate. No, I get that. Obviously, after the start, I think. Was the first game of the season they had against was it you guys? Yeah, yeah. And they lost two one. I think that was quite a close game, you know. Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. But ever since then, it hasn't picked up from there. But um, no, I think to get his first points, okay. I th- like I say before to you, Scott. I think we need to give him a little bit of time. But I think if they lose a player like Greg Taylor, I think it'll be a massive mess and possibly. That could disrupt their season, you know. Oh yeah, definitely, mate. And obviously, the fact that Celtic are lingering uh, around Greg Taylor, it's quite a worrying sign for Kamara. And if they lose Greg Taylor, that's a big, big loss. Yeah, I mean, Sunderland had a big bid reject- rejected today. I think. How much was it? Um, Three million? I mean, for, I don't know. I mean, I know Sunderland definitely did bid today, um, but Kamarnock said it was well below their valuation. So if their valuation is three million, I'm not sure they're going to get that. Um, that that's thanks on BBC Sport, etc. It could be, yeah. total, you know, etc. Well, but I mean, I think he's worth that. Probably not, but that's what I read, you know. 
Yeah, see yeah. if they're knocking back yeah. three million for Greg Taylor. Fair play, fair play <laughs> to Kilmarnock, man. Actually, stand up for themselves because three million quid's a lot of money for a, a club of Kilmarnock side. Yeah, I don't know. I just can't see them turning down three million. Yeah, neither can I, to be honest. But if that is true, then fair play. Where do you think you end up then? Hate to go to Celtic, boys. Celtic or down south, I think. Um, I mean, also Sunderland are clearly interested with that bid. Will they follow that up with another bid? I'm guessing so. So the is well open. Celtic could come in last minute, but um, really, really depends on the, on the player. If you want to go to Celtic, when may win maybe a trophy or two, or go down into Sunderland or another English team and really try and go as far as possible. I think it comes down to the player, really. What about you, Josh? Think you end up at Celtic? I think, yeah, I think, honestly, yeah, well, I think the last few days of the, the transfer window, I think he'll choose Celtic. Obviously, I think he is a Ouija, you know, so I think he'll blend in with that club well. Um, he obviously knows the team very well after yeah. playing against them. Um, at Sunderland, they're in League One, you know, yeah. I don't think he'll kind of see it, kind of strive to go play for them. Obviously, Celtic, if they go... If they win the the playoff against the IK, they're in Europa League. I think it is it is it a game after that they play or um, they play in the group stage. Uh, Matt, Matt, is it? I know if they win tomorrow, they're in the group stage. I oh sorry, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, oh, sorry, I'm I, I, sorry, I was just looking at something there. Uh, apologies, uh, I, I misheard uh, you there, Josh. What was the question? No, I was saying how Greg Taylor, how he basically picked the Celtic offer over the Sunderland. Yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's the thing, by the way. No, Greg Taylor, like, he won't be cup-tied. He won't be cup-tied because, remember, Barisic played against us. In fact, no, aye, that's right, yeah. Because remember, Barisic played against us. But it was the qualifiers, but he was still allowed to play in the group stage because obviously the rules are different for playing in qualifiers and group stages. So even though Greg Taylor played in, with Kamal in the in the qualifiers, if Celtic if he does go to Celtic, he'll be able to play in the group stages if they do make it. Yeah, he will, and um, I think it'll be a good move for him as Kira, um, playing European football properly for the first time. I don't think they'll sell anyone else unless a a big bid comes in that they can't turn down. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, as Tony was saying earlier, I think they probably will keep Edward. It's looking likely that they will. Um, Neitram probably will keep him as well. I don't see any more players going out the door 
this window. Maybe Craig Gordon. Not sure because he's he's injured. Aye, he's, so. he's injured. How, is he, how long's out for? Yeah, I think it's like six weeks or something. Yeah, he's done yeah. anyway. Regardless, like, I thought he might be a guy who'd just go out the door to try and get some first team football, but yeah, uh, he's he's finished anyway. I think um, Travis Hill would be like Foster number one uh, then Bain number two and Gordon number three yeah. so uh, boys before we wrap this up um, obviously we're going to preview this weekend's fixtures um, but I just want to give a wee special mention to Livy who are sitting third in the league right now yeah they're doing That's really well and I obviously beat Ross County 4-1 at the weekend at the start of the season uh, I said they would struggle but started off well. Credit where it's due. Yeah, I mean, they started off well last season. Remember, they were like in the top half, a top three for a while, um, yeah. and making another good, strong start to this season. So credit where credit's due. Gary Holt knows how to start a season. Uh, they play you in two weeks, what a week time, did they not? Uh, at Ibrox. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, that'll be a very tough game. Um, obviously, the Wimston did lose a number of players, like we said in a few, the pod like last week or the week before. Um, but they have started off well, so they're going to be a strong, strong opposition for any team. No, oh, definitely. And so we'll we'll preview this weekend's fixtures. Um, Josh, we'll start with you. Um, obviously playing Ross County at Petardry, we touched on it earlier. It's going to be a tough game, but they lost four one to Livingston, so they'll have a point to prove. And I think they'll be looking to set up to frustrate the Dons. How do you see this one going at Petodre, Josh? Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I, I can, it can go either way, you know, but I honestly think it'll be a draw. I think possibly 1-1. One, one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, like you're saying, they have a point to prove after again beat 4-1 at Levy at home, you know. Obviously, they want to bounce back for that. But Aberdeen, obviously, losing Scott McKenna, not finding the, the proper rhythm to the team, not the right formation. They can go either way, you know. So I think a draw is my kind of safe bet, you know. Score draw or no, no? 1 1. 1 Matt? Uh, I, think, I think it'll be 1 0 1 0 Aberdeen. I'm going to say it will be. 2-1 the Dons. Um, then we've got Motherwell Hibs. Obviously, Motherwell beat Hamilton 3-1 in the Lanarkshire derby. They'll be going into that game in, in very high spirits. Hibs dropping points to St Johnston. Drew two each. Um, Matt, how do you see this one going at far part between Motherwell and the Highbies? Uh, I think it'll be a, a, a very close game. Um, both teams in similar form at the moment, I would say. Um, and obviously uh, Scott Allen got booed he, not, he didn't get booed but the manager got booed he, he got subbed off so not everything's a bit rosy at Hibs at the moment um, so I think it'll be two each yeah I noticed that it's a good thing you brought that up because yeah. I seen Higginbottom came out after the game and said what am I not allowed to sub the guy off yeah I mean I think it's more to the fact that he was getting played out wide and wasn't really in the game it was due to the Manager's tactics, and um, I think that's more the reason they were get they were booing him. Maybe was coming off, um, but yeah, I mean I can understand both points of view, but it was a frustrating day to be a Hibs fan. Yeah, um, did I get, oh so your uh, what did you say your score prediction was? For what game? Sorry, was oh no, I uh, Matt, what did you say your score prediction was there for Motherwell Hibs? I, I, 
said two each. Two each. Um, Josh, uh, Motherwell Hibs, what's your prediction? Um, well, I think... This is a fun to call. You would think uh, that'd be a decent affair for them too. Uh, I think two-one Motherwell. Two-one Motherwell. Oh, that's a bold one. I'm going uh, to say. Right. I'm going to say. Coming. I'm going to. Jo- I'm going to join Josh in this, right? I'm going to say it's going to be two-nil Motherwell. I think Motherwell will continue uh, their form. They'll go. I think they'll continue their their good. Uh, Mood and their 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 form and will beat Hibs two 0 and will add more misery to the Hibies and add more discomfort to their support towards Higginbottom. And Livy versus St Mirren that should be an interesting one. It's obviously it's at Livy's ground. Josh, how do you see that one going? St Mirren, aye. St Mirren, I think they'll win that game. I think. Um... Um, I can't remember the manager's name again. Gary Holt. Gary Holt. Aye. No, I think obviously after him getting the win against us, like I felt like a good mood after him, you know. But um, uh, but no, I, I reckon one 0 Well, so do you think uh, St. Mirren will hand Livy their first defeat this season in the league? Do Do I think so? Yeah. Um, Possibly, I and it depends how they like format, you know. But if, is it at a Levy or? Yeah, it's at Levy. Yeah, it's at Levy. Um, I'm gonna go for a surprise. I think St. Mirren will win it. Oh, that's bold. I, I like it. Um, uh, Matt, how do you see it going? Uh, I think I think it will, will be a, a close game. Um, I think Livingston at home always do quite well. St. Mirren do well as well. But I think I, I fancy Livingston one 0 I'm going to go for Levy 1-0-2, mate. I'm going for a Levy 1-0 win as well. And St. Johnston, Kilmarnock. Uh, I, f- I, fancy, I fancy St. Johnston for this one 2-1. I'm going to go for a 3-0 St. Johnston win. Um, Josh? Tommy Wright, um, 2-2 draw against him. You think he would bounce on from there? But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with it. I think he'll kick on the surge from there. Uh, I think it'll be a 2-1 win to Kilmarnock. Uh, no, St. Johnson, sorry. Uh, Hearts Hamilton. Obviously, Hamilton have won a league game this season. <laughs> Obviously, they beat Kilmarnock. Um, Hearts have not won a league game in 10 games. They've been horrendous yeah. the last few months. Matt, how do you see this one going at Ten Castles? Massive game for Hearts, by the way. Pressure will seriously mount. Pressure already on, but it'll like even mount drastically more if Hearts do not beat Hamilton at home. How do you see this one going? This will be an interesting one. It will be an interesting one. Uh, I think Hamilton will obviously fancy their chances given Hearts form. Um, and obviously like we touched on earlier they haven't won a league game in 10 matches Hearts but I do think Hearts will have enough in the tank to win this and I think it will be 1-0 Hearts Josh? Is that Tynecastle? Yes uh, Tynecastle yeah So I think uh, Holmgren might favour them um, I would want Hamilton to win to kind of upset Hearts form especially because we play them in 2-3 weeks time but um, 
I would probably expect Hearts to win the game, so see one nil Hearts. I'm going to make a bold claim. I'm going to say it will be nil nil. Hamilton will frustrate Hearts. Hearts will create absolutely nothing. The fans will get right on the players' back and Craig Levine's back. And it will be a torrid day for the Jambos. And the Hearts fans, are, they'll be very restless because they'll want to go early on. They they won't... Even if Hearts win 1-0, mate, like if Hearts play utter dross football and just nick a 1-0, they'll still boo. They want to see a good yeah. performance. They want to see a dominant performance. Nah, yeah, don't blame I them. Think, I, w- I would, like, if I was a Hearts fan, do you reckon Craig Levine would be the right guy to take them forward? Or oh, we were touching on that earlier on, mate. Uh, not, not a chance, mate. They need f- something fresh there. Like, we think Levine's a dinosaur at Hearts. So I think it's it's time for a change, but he won't be going anywhere because Ann Budge loves him. And, yeah, he's bulletproof is the way things stand right now. No, no, I think for Hearts to go forward and to push up into at least, at least the top six, um, I think we need to sh- the shift uh, managers, you know? Yeah, 100%, Whether, yeah. But um, who it is or not, I'm not too sure, but I guess that's for the Hearts fans to decide and who they think. But, um, but no, I, I think Craig Levine's done the best he can with, obviously, last season getting them to, like, the title race up until November and then bubbling yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's just, I don't know, he's just, overall, <laughs> the only thing he's done well at Hearts since becoming the manager is reach a cup final, that's it. And everything else has been quite rather poor. Obviously he's had yeah. like two or three Edinburgh Derby wins and that, but he's just, he's a dinosaur of the game. And it's time for, they need a new manager in, simple as. But I think, they will drop points again this weekend. It'll be nil nil, and the big one this weekend, Josh Rangers versus Celtic at Ibrox. How do you see that one going? Uh, I reckon Rangers will win. Um, yeah, I think um, obviously the way you guys <laughs> have started the season and how I'm pretty confident in I'm pretty confident in saying that you guys was will be in Europa League. Yeah, I think we will. I think we'll get through. We'll have enough to get through. So I reckon you'll win one now. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if you can take it on further than that. I think you have a really strong side, especially with Defoe and Morelos up front. Obviously, Barisic coming into form <laughs> from the free kick. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, no, I think it'll be a, a one nil win to Rangers. And... I wouldn't be surprised if you won the league, to be honest with you, the way you're playing. Oh, I appreciate that, Josh. I think you're very right, mate. I think this will be our year, 100%. I've said it many times before, I think it will be our year. And I think we'll beat Celtic 2-1. It won't be a walk. it'll be a tight game. It'll be an exciting game, there'll be lots of drama. But we'll have enough to get the three points. And that right after that, I think we'll really kickstart our season. And that, then that'll be us on course for 55 but, but, no, but by the way, no, no, oh, it's slightly off topic. I know how we were talking about, like, see Aberdeen before and how you lack a playmaker. I don't know. See Tony Doherty. Yeah. Is he, like, going to be on bonus season? Oh, you're talking about
Are you talking about Greg Doherty? Greg Doherty, not Tony Doherty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the guy who played for Hamilton, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd be a decent playmaker for Aberdeen for at least a season loan. I think he'd be a decent player, and I would be more than happy for us to go after him, you know? Yeah, he'd be a great addition for Aberdeen. I think that's what you're really lacking right now, and he would add so much to Aberdeen's midfield because the guy is a talented player, but I don't think he's going to get in this Rangers team. Not because... He's not good enough. It's the fact he's there's just better players ahead of him, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think Rangers would ever give up this appetite. Um, so I think he's a But see, to be fair, Matt, we gave Hibbs Glenn Middleton, so anything's possible. Aside, I think like, he would be a decent player for us, and I, I, I wouldn't mind if we went after him, you know? Uh, I, see, I think that. Yeah, I I wouldn't honestly like see if you guy Docky did go to Aberdeen night. Would I like it? No. Would it would it benefit him if he was going to get game time? Yeah, I think it would. But I, as Matt said, that he doesn't think we would give a player to Aberdeen. But if we gave Middleton to Hibs, so if we can give Middleton to Hibs, we can probably give Docky to Aberdeen. But who knows? Who knows? But I think I think Gerard might want to keep Docky this season because I think he knows Docky can be an asset. Because he done he done terrifically well last year when he was on loan at Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury, uh, yeah. So I think like six goals, five assists. Yeah, he was he was he was phenomenal. Shrewsbury fans loved him down south, so I think uh, Gerard would want to keep him at his disposal for this season. But um, I boys will need to wrap it up here, and uh, thank you very much for coming on. As always, boys, it was a terrific episode. No problem. And hopefully. This time next week, when we're doing the podcast, we'll be discussing a Rangers win. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully, man. I definitely. Rangers get into Europe. Oh, of course. Of course, mate. So, thank you very much, boys, for coming on. And until next time, take care and we'll see you soon.